Blog Talk Radio. I remember the rivers we had to cross. I remember thinking my soul would be lost. I remember the fighting, screaming, and the blood spilling on the ground. I remember the voices ringing out. Yes, I remember each sound. I remember the net that they caught me in. I remember plunging the knife over and over again. I remember looking at you being dragged in the sand. I remember the last glance as I was struck by a white hand. I remember falling into a low dream state. This was where the ancestors danced and the spirits lied in wait. They waited for us finally to arrive and showed us to fight to stay alive. The ancestors put power in me and gave me the voice to tell my story. My spirit calls out. My spirit calls out. My spirit calls out to thee. So glad that I wanted to tune in with we this evening. But it's your international day of the remembrance of the victims of slavery and the transatlantic slave trade. So this evening, we want Hunter Chillin for no say this your program will give upliftment to the living legacy and pay our ancestral homage. And there, just so. And there, just try along so. But it there, so remember who we done where we come from and where we ancestor them come true. So we're glad for spending this year evening in commemoration with you. Right now, we want to take a moment of silence for we ancestors who been a kind true upon this year thing. We call transatlantic slave trade, the middle passage, but it make them all the way to the easier show. We thank God for this year evening. And we thank God for all of these children. Remember who we do down here. This year the Queen Quet Head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that the hundred children tune in one more again to this year Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Every year, March 25th, to the International Day for Remembrance of the Victims of Slavery and the Transatlantic Slave Trade. Now, plenty of time, we're going to get this year what slavery 
a lot of other rest of things can come to mind. A lot of other rest of people can come to mind. That is why the UN makes sure so you understand what victims we're going to talk about. The ones who have been part of the transatlantic slave trade. The ones who have been thief from the motherland and things like that. So every 25th of March, we want you to remember them who have been thief from Al-Kibulan and right here in the Gullah Geechee Nation from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida. Gonna chill and know every day they want remembrance for we. Because every day, we can see these young remnant of slavery. And as many of you know, when you've heard me lecture, whether you've seen me in person, you've seen me on other television shows or on Gullah Geechee TV, Nation News, or even listened here to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio from wherever you are in the world tonight, you've heard me say before, and I'm sure you will no doubt hear me say again, freedom is a choice. Freedom is, has been and will forever be a choice. And so there was a point in time where when we talk about these folks that are seen as the victims of the transatlantic slave trade were enslaved, this was a period where it was not a choice. The individuals that were enslaved were enslaved unknowingly to them unbeknownst to them. They had no idea, no conceptual visualizations of what enslavement could possibly mean. They could not conceptualize this. They could not bring into thought what chattel enslavement could possibly mean. It's one thing to live in a land where there may be war. It's one thing to feel that there are certain strategies or, as one might say it, conditions of wartime that would place some people in bondage while others walk around freely. But there is an end to that period of time. There is not the consideration that if that is the concept that's in your mind, that at any point in time someone would create a situation wherein you never get released from this bondage. This is what we are referring to when we start to talk about the commemoration, the days of remembrance, the reexamination so that we never forget what took place to even create what today is referred to as the African diaspora. The Gullah Geechis have been part of both the African diaspora and a Gullah Geechee diaspora that yet still exist. And in this regrouping, as I meditated on this day and what this day represents and the energies that I feel each and every year at this time, I thought of the fact that when I say slavery is a choice, that we still have those who are enslaved mentally. We still have those who are enslaved spiritually, many of them being the children of Mother Africa. As a result, we have the disintegration of the family. We have the disintegration of community that 
continues to perpetuate itself as some self-fulfilling prophecy because many have bought into the propaganda that has said that black people can't stick together, black people don't stick together, black people are crabs in a basket, black people have nothing to offer the world, never have been anything other than slaves. Well, if that is what you believe, that is what you will perpetuate and that is what you will forever have, especially if that is that which you speak. So it is an interesting evening for me because there are a couple of things that come to mind, and you know that I normally set the tone on a day such as this with giving you the historical background of that day. And so the International Day of Remembrance of the Victims of Slavery and the Transatlantic Slave Trade that the U.N. declared as March 25th for each and every year has a theme each and every year. And this year's theme is Forever Free, Celebrating Emancipation. Forever Free, Celebrating Emancipation. Most of you are well aware by now that this is the 150th anniversary of the reading of the U.S. Emancipation Proclamation and it coming into law. It was first read here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, right along these waterways where I spent my day today. So we're going to go back to another point and then come back forward to this theme and this context for this theme and this context for this day in the international arena. But I want to read to you something from my book, From We Sold to the Soil, The Cash Crop for the Sea Islands. If you say Gullah or Geechee, you are simply referring to me. You are encompassing my ancestors in our land, all of which are part of Sea Island sand. Rice is something to which we're all akin. I guess we're both seeds thrown in the wind. Rice falls together at just the right time, just like Gullah's polyrhythmic hand claps and syncopated rhymes. Looking at row upon row of okra, tomatoes, and corn swaying in the breeze gives that spirit-soothing flow and puts my soul at ease. Looking long and hard at each sugar cane and watermelon ring brings out the images in the field, and we hear the ancestors sing. The songs, laughter, love, and see go in the frogmore stew. Family smiles as old folks say, honey, I know what for do. The baskets are dropped, the nets cast out to bring in shrimps, crabs, fish, and more. Once the islanders get together, who knows what's in store? I sit on the porch shelling the peas and watch the spirit of Grandma fan the rice. Doing right the first time and honey and half are doing twice. I see the beauty in each grain as the wind blows away the husk. I hear the rhythm of the earth drum as the day turns to dusk. Some people feel shame and who they must be, but go ahead and say Geechee and Gullah because all that is me. And the reason I wanted to read that forward to, from this particular work is because it is called Resting in Cultural Enlightenment or Rising in Spite of Captive Environment. And I thought the title Rising in Spite of Captive Environment being that which, when you make it an acronym, is again RICE, was critical when we start to discuss the enslavement of Africans in this region that is now the Gullah Geechee Nation, that was at one point even called the Rice Kingdom. Yeah, Cotton was king. I know you've heard that. But, yeah, the Rice Kingdom, I even have a map in this book with that title above it. And so 
it is interesting that even to this day, people come here, and someone even asked me today, in fact, about rice and rice growing and rice cultivation and, you know, how is it still done? And when we said, no, we don't do it now because there are permits to do it. Well, there weren't any any people that were permitting the other, per se, to go and enslave the first groups that they enslaved from the motherland, but yet it was done. And now you have to permit yourself at this moment to be enslaved again. So again, freedom is a choice. So when we talk about a theme like forever free, celebrating emancipation, we must overstand and understand that it takes self-determination to have emancipation. You have to be a person with a heart and mind to self-liberate, to even experience one iota, one moment, one minute of freedom. So I want to go into this theme as the UN has presented it for this year, and I want to read directly to you from the UN.org page four today. For over 400 years, more than 15 million men, women, and children were the victims of the tragic transatlantic slave trade, one of the darkest chapters in human history. The annual observance of 25th of March as the International Day of Remembrance for the Victims of Slavery and the transatlantic slave trade serves as an opportunity to honor and remember those who suffered and died at the hands of the brutal slavery system and to raise awareness about the dangers of racism and prejudice today. This year's theme, Forever Free, Celebrating Emancipation, pays tribute to the emancipation of slaves and nations across the world. This year is particularly important with many key anniversaries, including 220 years since France's general emancipation decree liberated all slaves in present-day Haiti. 180 years since the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833 ended slavery in Canada, the British West Indies, and the Cape of Good Hope. And 170 years ago, the Indian Slavery Act of 1843 was signed. Slavery was also abolished 165 years ago in France, 160 years ago in Argentina, 150 years ago in the Dutch colonies, and 125 years ago in Brazil. 2013 is also the 150th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation in the United States, which declared that on the 1st of January, 1863, all persons held as slaves within any states or designated part of the state, the people whereof, shall be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then, thenceforth and forever free. Now I want to start at the last line. That is only an excerpt, that last line, from the full Emancipation Proclamation. And I would call to your attention that you need only Google the U.S. Emancipation Proclamation signed by U.S. President Abraham Lincoln to read it in its entirety, and you would then recognize why they are talking about specific states being in rebellion against the United States. Not everyone who had been in bondage was set free by this, hence why they later needed an amendment, a constitutional amendment. 
So even as I've traveled the world to different places, these various decrees and declarations did not give full liberation or full emancipation. In fact, in many cases, it was gradual emancipation. There was a period of time that people were supposed to be technically free on paper, but then in many cases, especially as is the case here in the Gullah Geechee Nation and in Charleston, which was Charlestown, the first city in the Gullah Geechee Nation, named for King Charles of England, placed in Chikara, which was renamed Carolina for Princess Caroline. In this place and in this space, when they proceeded with what was to be done as a part of this Emancipation Proclamation that Lincoln signed, they then still wanted, quote-unquote, Negroes, especially craftspeople, to have what today might be called benefactors and patrons. These were Anglo people that could give, you know, speak for you that could say that you was a good somebody, that you was all right. It was no different than essentially having a slave badge or slave papers on you at all times. You had to essentially go under someone else for a period of time. This week we're leading up to the Tunis Campbell celebration in Brunswick, Georgia that we have there annually that is led by our Assembly of Representatives member, the Reverend Zach Lyde, who's a native of Brunswick, Georgia, native, proud Gullah Geechee man, who continues to remind us of all that Tunis Campbell did during the Civil War. And we have to be reminded that our ancestors were equal to what, Tunis Campbell was ensuring them that they had a right to just a couple months before this Emancipation Proclamation was read. They were equal to being an item. They were equal to being chattel. When we talk about the transatlantic slave trade, let's not minimize it to digitize maps or physical maps that simply draw a triangle from West Africa into the Caribbean and over to North America, and then back out somewhere toward Europe to say, well, the people came in, some got dropped off, some got dropped off, and items went this other place. Let's not simplify what is known as a crime against humanity. Sunday, and worship service, in fact, it was not yet the full services, it was the Sunday school there became the discussion of what continued to happen with the Israelites and how prophets came to them time and time again and spoke to them and reminded them of what had already taken place, what had happened with their bondage, what had happened with their release, and that God had blessed them and anointed them to this freedom. And so now they should always remember what had happened in terms of the tragedy, but also remember their tradition of honoring God at all times and through all things. But yet they wouldn't do it. They would end up with these other communities of people that did not have the same traditions and start taking on their traditions, some of which was idol worship. Well, someone had the audacity, really, uh, to say, they saw my hand go up, and before 
I could speak. They just spoke out of turn and said, well, what is wrong with us that, you know, we don't want to remember things and we don't want to remember what happened to us? And and, and my hand started waving in the air, basically, um, because there was a need for me to speak, but this person just cut in out of turn. And she said, oh, I see your hand, you know, and she proceeded on. And her thing was, you know, oh, people don't want to remember what happened. So I, I said, well, and she's like, I'm upset about that. I said, if you're upset, I could be angry every day. I said, because do you realize the amount of people that when I talk about transatlantic slave trade, people that are natives to the Gullah Geechee Nation, they feel ashamed when I come in a room like this and thing like that and crack my teeth for what we ancestors in the grind true and all that thing, and they yet we to sing this shit thing, well, they can't cross the middle passage with that and thing like that. They go, oh, no, she shouldn't be doing that. Oh, we don't want our children to hear about that. And so there had been the question. How is it that the Jewish people, how come the Holocaust is remembered? And I knew he meant the Jewish Holocaust, although there was an African Holocaust called Ma'afa. And I said to him, I said, because they never allow their children or any of their people to forget. And so this was my opportunity to further elaborate that when we are at the point where we do not Remember, on a daily basis, we do not delve into reading the materials. We do not want to watch Roots anymore. We do not want to see Mandingo drum, even Django for that matter. We don't want to even see the possibility of an African person with their shackles on their ankles and their wrists at a period of time prior to the 1860s. But it's okay for you to watch the news and see that same image today with someone wearing an orange jumpsuit, and instead what you do is talk about it with one another, but you don't see how by not knowing your past, you are repeating it, and you set the tone for it to continue to be self-perpetuating in the future. All you need to do is a split screen between transatlantic slave trade and the prison industrial complex to get understanding of what I'm saying. And if you're on Facebook, that image comes up from time to time, but does it ever go viral? These are the things we must remember. Remember, a lot of us love Frankie Beverly and Mason on joy and pain. Well, the pain is off what we try to skip, what we try to ignore, what we say we don't want the next generation to know. But as our elders taught us growing up, everything in there from the fly better ease. So if you make your children think that you had it always easy, everybody in the family had it easy for every generation, they feel entitled in this generation. And everything must happen when they want it and however they want it without overstanding that someone died for you to have a better life. Even if you say, well, I don't own my house, but I'm renting a house. Well, renting the house where you're working, where you can save to have a vision to buy land and put a house on it is a whole lot more than every dime you make goes to somebody else's pocket. Oops. Isn't that still going on? It's called a credit system now. So when we don't know our truths, our story, we are destined to repeat it. That is why you hear us say, Sankofa. 
That is why you hear the elders speak out the ancestors ringing out saying, if honey ain't know where honey they're from, honey ain't going nowhere, honey they're going. As someone just put up in the chat room, it's painful but essential. So, because it is essential, that is why even after being out on the river today, after being out in the cold with the wind blowing hard all day, like the ancestral voices saying, I want you to feel the kind of wind that we were in. We were tossed to and fro. I need you to look at the water. I need you to remember exactly what we went through. You all have an advisory that's telling you not to get in that boat today and not to go out in the creek today. We had no advisory. We had no advisor. We were crying out unto God, and yet, we were still in the belly of a beast being tossed to and fro. Those that had the strength are those who made it to the shoreline of Sullivan's Island. Those are the ones that became the evil Madinka Malinke Yuribakola Gizi Mendi Temni Fiki Vimeo that all got blended together and called Negro, all got blended together, called slave, and today we know that they were our ancestors and we be Gullah anointed people. This black ivory, black gold, black cargo, the richness of it all was that there was the power throughout this victimization, this transatlantic enslavement that we must never forget. Someone put on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page today, this should be every day. And I agree with him 100%. That is why I read, I study, I go to exhibitions, I present that which my ancestors didn't have an opportunity to live to this moment to continue to present to you. But yet there are those of us who see them in visions. We dance with them when we dance. We sing, we shout with them. They are there. We drum with them and they dance. And their blood, their placenta, their tears cries out from beneath this sea island soil. So this year, for this International Day of Remembrance, we have replayed the Gullah Geechee TV episodes on our Facebook and social media sites from last year when I was in NOLA, New Orleans, at one of the landing points. But tonight, Spirit spoke to me to say, go back in the very records of Charlestown, what became the number one enslavement auction block in North America. And help these people to understand, number one, that our ancestors who were indigenous Americans were the first people that were attempted to be enslaved here, but because this was their land, many could escape. The others who did not escape starved themselves to death or died from the type of harshness and the cruelty that was part of this European system of enslavement that we now call chattel enslavement. So let us not forget them either. But as we go to this importation of Africans, we often see that people will write of the financial benefit that 
the kings of various tribes or ethnic groups gained from enslaving their own. I would lead you to attempt to find a video that is called The Amazing Grace, not Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace focuses on Wilberforce and the song itself by John New- that John Newton penned the words to based on an African harmony. However, there is another film that deals with the psychological issues of chattel enslavement and the various methodologies of trickery that went along with putting people into bondage, such as making them believe that they were actually getting work and jobs and so on where they were going to end up. Sound familiar? So it's called The Amazing Grace. If you can find it, we have it in the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's Al-Kimbulan archive. It is critical to addressing some of those dynamics in terms of whether or not Africans sold Africans, well, prisoners of war versus chattel enslavement are two different things, and we can examine that in more detail at another time. But let us deal with a major aspect, a building block, so to speak, of chattel enslavement, the auction block itself. I look to a piece that was online to share this with you. It is from someone named Sylvia Cannon, who became a freedman. Freedman was the terminology utilized for men and women that had previously been in bondage during transatlantic slave trade in the what is now the USA, what is now America, that after that period of time, all of our people were called freedmen that had been, quote-unquote, freed by the Emancipation Proclamation. So Sylvia Cannon, described the enslavement auctions in this manner. I see them sell plenty of colored people away in them days because that is the way white folks make a heap of their money. Of course, they would never tell me how, how it is selling for, how much it's selling for. It is selling on the block, but she feet with the in the air and speculate a bit upon them, just like they've been a house and they Then, what be bit off? And never said nothing. Cracky Tall. Don't know about my brother, Er Jord, neither Earl. I shall sell some, some of the slave and thing. Two times before I be sold. And I see the slave. When they've been traveling like hog to Darlington. Some of them say, Oh my. Looking like they've been going. Looking down. It was so heavy down. Hard before. So now. Here it is that you have a letter from A.J. McKelvin. Now, many of you who live in uh, natives of Chucktown, you may have seen that name around before, A.J. McKelvin. And he was writing to what was considered a slave merchant at that time, Z.B. Oaks, all right? And he wrote this. He said, I offered Richardson... 1,350 equal to 27,000 in 1998. But his two Negroes, he refused to take it. The fellow is rather light. He weighs 121 pounds, but good teeth and not whipped. The little girl, he was offered 475, which is 9,500 in 1998. I thought the boy about 850, which would have been 17,000 in 1998. And at that price, 
they would not sell for cost. But I suppose the fellow would bring nine to nine fifty, and the little girl five hundred at best. So here it is. When we often hear people say, "What are you worth?" That question brings about different imagery in the minds of different people. Those who have never forgotten transatlantic slave trade, it should bring about some horrific imagery to your mind that what you're worth was based on all of these different categorizations that were put on you by merchants and brokers where you were sold. The largest enslavement auction block, the number one, was Charlestown where this brokering, these merchants were dialoguing back and forth. But more often than not, they were also doing business with those in New York City because the brokers that there uh, were insurance brokers were insuring this cargo, this black ivory, this black cargo, this black gold. They were insuring it. And Wall Street in the East River was the second largest enslavement auction block in North America. So when we talk about commodities and we talk about trade, let us not forget Wall Street's first commodity, black gold, black ivory. So now, even what I'm looking at as I sit and stare at a screen right now. And by the way, if you go to Google what I read to you, you won't find it the way I read it. I read it to you in Gullah Geechee as opposed to how it was written. But here it is, is that I'm looking at a table that states from the early 1850s it was found in the Tear Glen papers and applies to Forsyth County area in North Carolina. And the amount listed reflects 19th century all right, 19th century dollar values. So the child was one years old, had a value of $100. Two years old, 125 Three years old, 150 Well, let's drop, jump up. You're age 10 now, $400. You're 18, $800. You're 21, 875 You're 25, 775 You're 30, 650 You are 40 years old. You're worth $400. Yes, you heard me right. You're 25, you're worth 775. You're 40, you're worth $400. You're 45, you're worth $275. You're worth less than you were worth when you were eight years old, because eight years old you were worth $300. At 44 years old and at eight years old you were worth $300. All right. 46 years old and 7 years old, you're worth $250. At 6 years old and 47 years old, you're worth $225. At 5 years old and 48 years old, you're worth $200. At 4 years old and 49 years old, you're worth $175. At 50 and at 3 years old, you're worth $150. At 1 years old and 55 years old, you're worth $100. At 60 years old, you're worth $50. And they don't even have anything if you're older than that. What's the likelihood that you live to 60 when you're working 
and rice fields like what we stood over at Venice Point today here in South Kakalaki looking out at rice paddies that are now almost overgrown with sweet grass. The sweet grass is out there as if planted neatly in a row, but yet you can see the dikes still cut in like roads on the river that our ancestors put there. Rice paddies and sweet grass growing 150 years after emancipation. As the Gullah Geechee Fishing Association members stood there looking out across to the next island, we said, imagine right now what you could be looking at. That's just our ancestors standing over there. Can you imagine? Them trees weren't there. I said, because it was all clear cut. I said, yes, and nothing but rice. I said, rice and people. They said, with no shoes. I said, and snakes. They said, yes, and rats. And what are we talking about? Those people may not have ever lived to see 60. And now we talk about some entitlement programs. Were people entitled to have the right to the tree of life? At any time, when we're talking about others feeling that they have a right to enslave. So when we start to talk about the price dropping, the value dropping, unfortunately, because people have not chosen to respect our elders, to respect our ancestors, yet even now the price on our elders has dropped because we do not honor and uplift our elders as we were taught to do here in the Gullah Geechee Nation the way we once did. We are supposed to do this. If we forsake not these traditions, our land would be blessed. Don't forget those who ever came before you. So here it is that someone writes again, Sister Rosalind writes in the chat room, so many have no idea, and they are walking on quicksand. So true. So true. She wrote before that the key to end killing among our young people is knowing our history, as I call it, our story. Not only knowing, but we must live out the next pages of what our story will be. If we begin to speak what our next story will be, we will begin to live what our next story will be. People have spoken this N-word because they were taught to believe that's who they descended from, and that is who they are. At one point, that word was defined in U.S. dictionaries written by Webster, a European man, that said, lazy, shiftless individual had no race attached. But instead of us hearing, we're black gold, we're even black ivory, we are richness, we hold a legacy within our very DNA. And speaking that to our children, speaking that with our elders, speaking that within our communities, we spoke what someone else taught and thereby the perpetuation of today's enslavement is just what the sister just wrote, the killing amongst our young people. Let me scratch young, the killing amongst our people, because you have men killing women as we speak right now, and they call it domestic violence. We have sisters killing each other over some nonsense because she got a better dude than you or, oh, she with this man you wanted. We have this kind of perpetuation of enslavement that is a very result of the transatlantic slave trade. 
That is why there has been a continued petition to the U.S. Congress for over 15 years to start a committee on reparations. What is that committee about? The word reparations is scaring people. But actually, if they would read what the bill says, the bill actually says that there should be a committee formed to examine whether or not enslavement had an impact on people in America, in particular, people of African descent. And then after determining whether it did or not, then you would thereby go into other examinations of reparations, which is not just handing over checks. There are other issues to to reparations, including restoration, restitution, and you must have institutionalization for it to work. And that's another international law issue we won't go into tonight but we need to understand why some people are fighting for certain issues we need to read these things like i said read the emancipation proclamation in full we need to know the universal declaration of human rights if we lived the universal declaration of human rights in totality across the world maybe we would no longer need to constantly revisit the current agendas and issues that pour out of this victimization of others in terms of enslavement. Because once again, I'm going to go back and remind you that this 25th day of March, this theme forever free, celebrating emancipation, is not just about victims of slavery. It is an international day of remembrance of the victims of slavery and the transatlantic slave trade so that we honor and remember those who suffered and died at the hands of brutal slavery system and to raise awareness about the dangers of racism and prejudice today. Racism and prejudice today. Please do not call in to me and please do not email me and tell me you're in a post-racial any place. So, because if you believe that racism doesn't still continue to exist in the world or that racism is totally disconnected from chattel enslavement and the transatlantic slave trade, I know then we truly need to make sure that that bill is passed so that that study can be done to show that there is truly some psychosis in the world. Now, we have to face realities. There are outcomes every choice that is made. And many times when we make no vocal choice, they say silence gives consent. So if you before this day didn't always remember, didn't go back and read journals of people like, so well, Sojourner Truth speeches, but go back and read journals like Frederick Douglass's journal or even read Confessions of Nat Turner for that matter. Um, go back and read the WPA interviews. Read a book like Drums and Shadows that is about Gullah Geechee. That one is a little bit harder to ingest because they tried to write it phonetically so that you would understand and understand that they were speaking the Gullah language as they spoke to these interviewers. Go back and read things that are set in the times of chattel enslavement as well as watch films. Don't just watch films. Read and watch films. Go to your libraries. Go to the archives in your community so that this way you can delve into it. It's nothing like holding in your hand a coin that you then know was used 
during the sale of your ancestors. I have one such coin that has become the acid is starting to just eat it, eat it. It's just disintegrating. It's nothing like touching actual shackles that still remained from enslavement. It's nothing like doing a libation ceremony on a plantation here in the Gullah Geechee Nation or down in Louisiana or in the various places that I've done them around the world. It's nothing like standing at a place like Sullivan's Island or even at the African burial ground in Manhattan and feeling the energy that radiates from beneath. And when you just tune in and you just listen, you can feel the energy, the breath of those who labor there, breathing on you, blowing on you. As that wind blew against us today, as we stood out there, overlooking the water and looking back towards St. Helena Island from Venice Point, it reminded me of when I went to Liverpool, England, the first time. And I was journeying alone looking to find this place where this exhibition was that was to the victims of transatlantic slave trade, this slavery exhibit, as they called it. I walked over cobblestone streets with hard-bottom shoes on. I'm not a sneaker-type person. And here it was. The wind was blowing so hard that I literally felt like I was climbing a mountain when I was on flat land. And when I got near this building, I had to lay against the side of it like somebody in a spy movie, tipping along the wall so that the wind didn't literally blow me away and lift me and throw me into the water where all these ships and all these ship masts were there. I wrote about it. I put it online. I don't know if it's still out there. It may be at a site called Lest We Forget because I wanted people to know what I felt in that moment, that I was the only African person I saw in that whole journey. And when I walked in this museum, the people weren't welcoming to me. They actually looked at me as if to say, what are you doing outside the exhibition with your chains off? And so when I speak to you about how important this is, it's not only personal to me, it's personal for all of we. And personal for we chillin', for know who he da, who he come from, for them to live out forever free, celebrating emancipation. This year in August, our theme for the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival is true emancipation in the Gullah Geechee Nation. We will have it here at the Atlantic Ocean in Beaufort County, South Carolina. Another place is a port of entry. We'll have an ancestral tribute. We will tour these islands so you can see what a place looks like when people don't forget from whence they came and when they walk together till and then they get weary. When they believe that their land is a blessing and that they realize that God anointed them to be stewards over the land and that they need to hold on to it for their families. Not just the ones they see now, but the ones coming behind. You get a chance to, God willing, shout with me, punch and tell now. You get to journey to places and spaces that then maybe you'll feel what I live every day. And maybe you'll hear those ancestors blowing in that wind. Saying it's time for we 
for all be free. A time for we, for all be free. A time for we, for all be free. The day that anyone else is in bondage, we're still all enslaved. So we need to start to think that way. We need to start to live that way. People joke about it because of the film where we say, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? You know, a lot of us only think that line came from New Jack City, but it didn't. There was a time when truly that is what we were to live out because we knew that that is all we had was one another. The Evo didn't know the Mandinka. The Malinke didn't know the Yoruba. The Gola may or may not have known the Gizzi. They may have cracked it all kind of different kind of way and things like that. They had to do something but throw them together. And God bless them. That is why we say today, as their descendants, we be Gullah Geechee anointed people. But that circle wraps around those words. That circle embraces every one of those African bodies intertwined in the center of it, which is our family tree, the living legacy of who we be as Gullah Geechee. And the word Gullah very self means people blessed by God. I told you before, and I'll say it again. If honey ain't want your blessing, please give them to me. It's time for all of we for be free. So I pray that you will continue to pray with me, to shout with me, to journey with me into our story. Not just on this program, not just when you think I'm giving a program or I'm speaking somewhere, but every day within your life and within your lifestyle. Take some time out to just sit outside. Go and touch the soil and sit there and think about what it would have been like to have to work that with a farm tool that you also created by hand. The next time you put on a cotton piece of clothes, and and, and I didn't say cotton picking, now get it straight, a cotton piece of clothes, you should remember your ancestors who worked in Sea Island Cotton. Every time you put on jeans and it looks blue, you should think of indigo and remember the ancestors who went to their graves with their hands dyed that color. You should also remember wrong lung disease from them having to pick out the seeds out of that cotton and inhaling that over and over and dying young. You should remember the cottonmouth rattlesnakes that we also talked about today and the water moccasins that we talked about today as we stood there on a currently built platform looking out over these rice paddies and looking at that sweet grass, looking like, as I told this other sister, afros in the water with the heads leaning to the side, looking like ancestors and prayer out in the waterway. It was as if we looked across and every tree we saw became an ancestor. Shouting, the more we remembered, the more we spoke out loud about them, the more that they saw us embrace one another, stand next to one another, taking pictures, but appreciating all that they had done for us to Stand there this day. I give thanks for today. I give thanks for a mind for freedom. I give thanks for my ancestors who had the thought of me that never even saw me. 
that left me land, that left me a legacy of a culture and even a language that although others told them to get rid of, they even done a weed for Trump and things like that. Without the rest of fuck with them and they ain't forced to know what they've been doing. That they left us healing herbs in these bushes, in the bush shop, in the brush shop. That they left us a DNA imprint of memory of who they've been and who we be. So I pray for you. I pray that you pray for me, for positivity to be what we speak, what we live, that we honor our ancestors by doing that each and every day, that we never forget our African Holocaust, my Afa. If Hunter ain't know where Hunter did from, Hunter ain't going to know where Hunter is going. So Sankofa, 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 it's time for we, for all be free. It's time for we, for all be free. So please, I pray that you thought it not robbery, that you joined me tonight, and that you stayed tuned whenever you were listening to this. I pray that you play it again and again with your children and your children's children, with the elders, and let them tell you what it would like for them coming up for truth. Never forget where we come from. If you hadn't yet done it before midnight tonight, pour a libation for your ancestors. Just clear water, a moment of silence, a bit of prayer. Give thanks to God for all that they left you with. Even if you a person who just know how to stir a good pot, you a good cook, somebody had to learn under that. And most likely somebody will say, yeah, you cook like your grandma. Cook like your great-grandmama. If you got good looks, you get it from them too. If you got something such as land to hold on to, most likely you're holding on to your whole legacy right there and you're walking over it every day. The blood, the sweat, and the tears that's in it. But I pray that on this journey that we never forget one another. And here in this land of the Gullah Geechee, we're so glad that we know who we to be. And we're so glad that Hunter to join we. For this your show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. I'm Queen Quet, head pun the body of this your Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad Hunter tune in to this your Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. And Hunter chillin', I show you done yet in my voice in the normal auction block for me, and I pray. In a no more auction block for we. God bless the family.
Put me to work in the red hot sun, picking tomatoes to back on cotton. But then came the war to set me free, to burn and bury my misery. But it's a brand new day that has been born. I think it's time for us to be moving on. We hope to honor and enjoy this tape, yeah. And we're happy and proud that you are supporting our efforts to save the Sea Islands. The Gullah and Geechee Sea Island Coalition has embarked on a mission to make sure that Gullah and Geechee culture is always alive. From Georgetown, South Carolina, down to Amelia Island in Florida, as we fight against the commercialization of our island and the disbursement of our people from our homeland, we hope that you will not only enjoy our songs and our stories, but that you will help us to always be and always be at home to greet you when you arrive on our soil. And so, always remember, must take care of you, for he is a treat. I don't want to be a slave no more.